ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Chris and Andre Show. This is episode 31. Do you know, I think John Tesh wrote that music. Yeah, I know. It, this is so ridiculous. Sad. Like, that's sad. Sorry, I know. I'm, or I probably gotta have to cut all of that out because otherwise the NBA is gonna sue the shit out of us. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. No, they're not. They're they're too busy worrying about COVID. Yeah. No, they're not. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> no, they're not. How's your week, man? Uh, it's going pretty good, I guess. I mean, it's what today's Tuesday, so it can't be going all that bad. Um. You know, it's uh, work has been steady lately, which is good. I think more people are starting to kind of pick up and get ready for uh, next or upcoming, you know, season. So, um, so that's been good. I had a couple of calls the last couple of days. Around the house. trying to get stuff done around the house continuing projects and stuff like that um i had a bunch of picture frames uh that i had made that it had been stained and we had done some wood burning on and so i was sealing those with some uh polyurethane and then i had a big uh mirror with a big wooden frame uh that was kind of a i don't know like a very brown like kind of warm color and I wanted to do it in more of like a darker gray. Uh, so I sanded it down and, uh, I'm just working on a whole bunch of little projects here and there. Uh, so I'm going to start calling you Tim, the tool man Taylor. Seriously. Like I, uh, I think I found my calling. Like I, I didn't realize (laughs) it before, but, uh, I just, I get sucked into these things where all of a sudden I'm like, Oh, I could just do this. I'll just do this real quick. And I've been watching, um, there's this guy on Facebook and it's, I love to make stuff. Um, and he does a lot of wood working stuff, but he, he works with other materials too. Um, is that the guy with the, the like the $20,000 three printer? Yes. That's the one I was talking about. Yeah. Um, but even like, he doesn't use that for the majority of his projects. And I, I haven't even tried building anything like that he's built, but I just get it's ideas, you know, from three printer. Yeah. But I know. I just, I, I, what I really get is ideas for my shopping list for like what I need in my workshop going forward. Like I really need a table saw cause I don't have one of those. And a $20,000. I mean, yeah, if I could just get one of those that I'd be set, <laughs> like I probably do whatever I wanted. Okay. I'm going to stop interrupting you. I just want to like, no, you're really fine. I know. It's hard for the fact this guy's got a $20,000. He does. Food. He does. And I am, I am jealous. What, what I realized that I don't have that is I really $20, need is a, is a $20,000. 3d printer no is a workshop like this so this is the funny thing like i've been excuse me as i open my beer drink modello <laughs> i know you can't even see it and i held the can up so you couldn't read it not that it matters because we're not recording this but um so i have i think i've talked about the bonus room that we've been working on remodeling and i had ripped out all of the old um trim and had put up the drywall. Well, I finally found somebody to come do the mudding. So he started doing that, but I have been using that as my makeshift workshop because there's no carpet in there. It's just plywood. 
Uh, right. I can basically stuff a towel under the door, thanks to my high school days. Um, I know how that works and prevent, you know, any of the smell and stuff like that from going into the rest of the house or the sawdust, uh, which is really the primary issue. Yeah. And then, uh, well, I mean, cause sometimes I'm, like a lot of times I'll be doing the staining and the polyurethane coatings and stuff like that in there. And so I don't want the whole house reeking of polyurethane. Like that is not a, are you, oh, you're just shaking your head at my reference to, towel under the door I'm, smoke I'm until the day's head, end my head because it's like dude puff puffed and passed don't what? fuck the rotation hip naughty for <laughs> <laughs> go to your driveway go to your backyard like those are uh-uh. no, no 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 you don't apply polyurethane in an outdoor environment you want pollen and all that crap to stick to your beautiful finish all right ron swanson um <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw a thing on Pinterest where somebody recommended that you take like um a piece of cardboard and somehow like suspend it over top, you know, like right. 6 you inches over the top of your thing. Uh, those uh breakdown tents and, and you're fine. Because we're I just I not that's I don't know. I didn't You didn't think about that. No, of course I did. But But you didn't do it. But I have a big room that's <laughs> that's indoors and you know at least like semi air conditioned climate controlled and no you 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 put one of those little stupid like fold away tents yeah well so the other like i have my back porch right i have my giant screened in back porch which is where i do all of my cutting and sanding and all of that stuff happens outside but i don't want to do any of the finishing out there because again the dust, the pollen, the sand, like the, all of that stuff, it's going to get in the finish. And I don't, that, like, that's not, I don't, um, it's not even like I need like a Dexter room. I just, <laughs> oh, maybe right. I could make a Dexter room out no, there. How about you My neighbors will be like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just for don't? fun, I'm going to take ketchup and spray it all over the walls. No, let's not do all that. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, if you're going to be doing all this carpentry, you should do it like a carpenter. Right. I mean, look. If I was just doing no, like no, 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 not hearing it. I'm yeah, trying yeah. to have a a level of professionalism associated with the f- with my finished work. Bro, not even trying to hear that. Crap. Like you, you gotta like get over your like. No, I'm following the bouncing ball on this one. You have a deck. It's screened in. There's no excuse for you to like just do it outside, like a freaking adult. No, you can't okay. make me. Okay, I don't care how your week's been. If oh, that's where well, I'm going, fine. I'm just saying, like I, if that's where you're your the one that asked. Been, <laughs> <laughs> you tell me you don't care. You're the one that asked. I know, and I'm in a mood. So I know, I know. I I heard that. <laughs> How's uh, your week been? Yeah, this this is like. Uh, what was it? A saltine Andre? Oh, yeah. What do we... I mean, yeah, because you were salty, but there was something... Something saltine. Well, there was low-sodium Andre. That's and... right. That's what it was. <laughs> low-sodium on Andre. That's... Yeah. When so when it, the salt had been taken out. <laughs> yeah. There was e, at the area, there were two Andres. And um, if he's listening, what's up, dude? Mad love, blah blah blah. <laughs> Next, 
and like uh, every now and then people would actually get so get so bold and say, we're not talking about low sodium, Andre. And one day I heard that. I was like, yo, so you guys are saying I'm salty? Like, That's exactly what they're saying. I, 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 I get it. And I mean, let's be honest, between the two of you, at yeah. least at the time, I don't know, maybe, maybe low sodium Andre has put some salt on his food. You know, you talk oh. about putting pepper on your food. <laughs> <laughs> well, today's a pepper on my food day, man. Oh, okay. Oh, man. So, um, what? Let's. It's time for politics. Let's yeah. dive right into it. I mean, why, why, yeah. why beat around the bush? Uh, speaking of Bush, um, did you hear that the uh, <laughs> whoa, let's, let's the Queen of England that. is no longer going to call let's fucking Ham Palace? <laughs> that has got to be the best transition that I have ever done. Speaking of yeah, Bush, I, the Queen of England. Oh, okay. I was like, I is no longer calling doing. Buckingham Palace her home. Uh, okay, because well, she's of the like, coronavirus. She's eighty nine. Yeah. So, um, mad love to the Queen. Um, really? For what? What has she ever done for the colonies? Well, not the colonies. I think as far as a okay. As far as a one of the 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 one of the remaining monarchs on our planet, she's actually evolved with the times. So I'll give her mad love for that. I think that she's Is she gonna most, give up uh what's his name? Who's who's got all of the, the dirt associated with the her brother Epstein. Andrew? Yeah. yeah, her brother Andrew. Yeah, is she gonna is she gonna feed him to the wolves here? Did you see all of the people that were outside the palace that were chanting pedophile? No, I did not. Well, I, pedophile I don't, because I that's rock, how they I pronounce it in the like UK. <laughs> I don't rock with the uh, royal family that like that. But uh, I you will just say said that something. I mean, you were like, "God bless her." Or, I don't know. You're, you're I mean, when you look at mad like, love to the queen, and now you're like, "I don't rock with the royal family like that." But if you look at the history of the UK. Right. Yeah. And now they've had to be become somewhat progressive in a, in a neutral statement with like the changes of that of that country. Yeah, I, I get that. And the UK, if you even with uh, their, their influence in Canada, they actually are pretty progressive. They, they haven't been like, we're going to you know dig our heels in on this issue. Yeah. We're not going to like bail on the EU or anything. Yeah. We would well, never do that. I thought the EU was a bad idea, but that's that's all that's a whole nother like episode. I mean the EU itself may have been a bad idea, but I think we could also agree that Brexit was a pretty bad idea on top of that. Like two wrongs don't make it right, <laughs> you know. <laughs> so if you're listening in the UK, like I I'm on the fence about the Brexit deal. Speaking right? of which we did. We had one listener in the UK. Well this shout last out. Week, so Man, I'm I'm going to give my uh, American point of view. Way to cut your nose off to spite your face. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, again, and I don't know. It was really interesting because I, I think we talked about it several episodes ago. This is episode 32, by the way. I swear on my right toe. 
What? Is it? I, I'm pretty sure. You let me go in and say episode 31. Did you? Yeah. I didn't even think we got to that. I thought I interrupted you with the whole... We never even got to like what episode it was. It was just like the Chris and Andre show. This is episode 32. So if I did do that, um, my apologies. But, you know, I mean, it's my job to make you look bad. I make you sound good, but I make you look bad. If you ever fact check me in public, I swear to <laughs> That's not a fact check. I wasn't even aware. I was literally just sitting here going like it's episode 32. I didn't even catch that you may have called it episode 31. All right. Look, we're only 12 minutes and 13 seconds in. I'm going to delete all of this and we'll go back. We'll start over. All right. You have a green light. No, No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I know you better than that. (laughs) But this will make for great radio. It will, but... Don't ever fact check me in public, bro. Like you know, I don't like that. Don't correct me in public. I always tell my kid that too. <laughs> you can do uh, it in private. I'm just gonna hit you. <laughs> no, <not really. laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, I'm sorry. We totally i i sidetracked you, you, us. You derailed me again. Okay. It's okay. But um, yeah. Uh, so we were talking about the queen. Yeah, the, I I think that Brexit. For the most you were part, giving your opinion on Brexit. I I thought it was a, it wasn't a well thought out play. I think that they got caught in um, just a populist vote, and I hope they regain like some type of normalcy after that. Well, and so um, I think that's that. Okay, so now I remember that's where I was going with it. Was several episodes we had talked ago. Uh, several episodes ago, we had talked about because I can speak, and I haven't even finished my first beer um verbal typos yeah <laughs> several episodes ago we talked about uh was it the great hack do- uh documentary that they made about like the 2016 election and the facebook and all of that stuff and brexit was also a huge part of that documentary because uh the same firm i think had been hired you know supposedly by one of the groups that was associated at least initially and then they dropped out but there was a whole lot of similarities between what happened in the 2016 election here in the u.s and the brexit vote uh in terms of the social you know kind of like influence uh the social media influence that was exerted there so it's i mean i'm with you in that i think ultimately what happened was you had a lot of people that made a vote maybe not understanding exactly what they were voting for or having having had the information misrepresented to them yeah and i just think that you know uh, as a guy that enjoys technology, you have to have wisdom attached to it. You know, it's it's very easy for things to be manipulated now. Um, Otherwise, you're just wisdom. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're using Facebook, you know, Facebook is like the the gold digger that you just want to hang out with because she's popular. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying Facebook is a gold digger, but she ain't messing with no broke. Broke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Kanye, what happened to you? I know. I saw. So, okay. A couple of interesting things. One real quick on Kanye. I saw an article the other day that was listing the states that Kanye is on the ballot in, which I just found hilarious. It's 11. Yeah. Way more than it really should have been. Um, 
the other thing was so after the whole Axios interview with Trump, I mm-hmm. decided that I was going to look into their whole organization a little bit more just because I was kind of curious. Like I hadn't really heard about them much prior to that. And so I did a little bit of research and discovered that I got, I mean, it was set up basically by three guys. Um, they don't have any like significant, you know, corporate backing. Uh, their goal is like focused storytelling and that sort of thing. I signed up for a few of their newsletters just to kind of see what the thing is. The thing that I have found, I guess, most interesting is that almost every single ad that I have seen either in their newsletters or on their website is for Facebook's like um, election central crap. On top of that, Facebook will not stop pestering me to register to vote. I have shared the fact that I am already registered to vote on Facebook. Like I have done almost everything I can at this point, including submitting a complaint about (laughs) their shit (laughs) to them being like, for the love of God, stop bugging me. I'm already registered. I have like three times the average voter or the voter score of the average voter. Like I'm going to freaking vote. I'm not the person you need to be worried about. Like, yeah, so I watched the DNC uh, convention last week. Yeah, and um, uh, so we're talking we're talking about politics, and there there's no bumper in my mind, but we I know I know that's where we're at. Yeah, I will tell you this about um, about Joe Biden. I'm like forty percent on board. I'm voting for him, and I'm more than likely gonna I'm gonna rage vote, and more than likely. As far as I can tell, vote straight ticket, uh, but not. I'm not going to check the box. I'm going to make sure I do my homework as I'm researching people because I'm going to do an uh, absentee vote. But one thing I was I was noticing when he's like when, when they were talking about like real things and when he gave his speech, and it, it was really weird. You, you know how you can tell when somebody's BSing you? I, I hope you can if you're if you're listening. And, and Chris, I, I hope you can also. Yo, I was like, his eye, he's like legit. There are some people you know by their eyes mm-hmm. when they're being honest with you. And I was like, yo, this guy is like legit. You know, I don't agree with all of his policies or his, his tactics. I, I don't know if he has like uh, uh, things that are going to make people just kind of really buy into the, the the democrats message but yeah that guy legit it like real street talk and forget forget politics in this one he's a legit guy man he is like and especially think, talking about his kid yeah like as a father i'm like yeah i can't even imagine that number one but number two this guy's being legit when he's talking and i think um you know the his campaign or whoever it is that's been running the ads around, you know, like his train trips into, uh, you know, downtown Philadelphia or whatever, Harrisburg for the, you know, when he was a, a state senator and how he had gotten to know the guy that, you know, was taking his ticket every day. And to the point where when that guy had, you know, suffered from, a, you know, a bout of cancer that uh, while he was recovering, you know, Joe Biden gave him a call. And yeah. was talking to him just like a normal guy. And that and that's, I think, 
something that gets overlooked a little bit with him is that I think he is a very down to earth person for somebody that's been involved in politics as long as he has. Um, and, and yeah, I think he just seems like a very genuine guy, you know? Yeah. I, I, I can even say like we, even with the 94 crime bill, which is something that, uh, I'm, I'm less likely to forgive. You can see that he's willing to, um, clean up his mess. So let me translate that to people that have never heard me talk before. Sometimes you spill your milk. Sometimes you make a mess in the kitchen, clean it up, right? Be a, be an adult and like, uh, clean up your mess. And it's, that's the point of just saying, Hey, I, I made a mistake. I wasn't right on that. You know, like, uh, I, I implore my friends and family to call me out on my BS because I don't, you can't see everything. No, outside. I call bullshit on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm already in a mood, man. Let's. I know. Let's, I'm sorry, but you know how I am. Like I see that, and I'm like, well, this will make it fun. <laughs> I'm already in a mood. I, I don't want to talk about why I'm in a mood, but, but yeah. Anyway, so like this guy's willing to like circle back around and say maybe I didn't see that correctly and clean up his mess. The fact that he picked Kamala Harris and she like, yo, she blazed dude. And my wife was saying, how can you support her? Because you were kind of pissed at her. And I told her very plainly. I'm like, the thing I didn't like about her in the debates was that she already got her pound of flesh and she kept going back. You know, you don't beat somebody when they're already down. Like that's just like a punk move. Yeah. So, you know, I respect the fact that you'd be like, yeah, she, she kind of called me out on some stuff. She like, she put me back in like reality and, but I can move forward with that. That's the type of person I want in my corner. So yeah. I definitely support that ticket on the opposite side last night. So this, <laughs> I knew this we were week, going there. I was just kind of like waiting for it. <laughs> this is August 25th. So I don't know when Chris is going to get this joint out. I know I'm, I, I, I was feeling so good last week when I got episode 29 out and then I even like that same day I started working on episode 30 and then the rest of the weekend, like it just disappeared. Yeah. So I'm, I'm going to put a, a timestamp on this joint on August 25th, Tuesday. So the 24th, I watched the RNC. Holy crap. You could have just stopped at Holy because I'm pretty sure. I mean, <laughs> it was like tuning into an evangelical sermon. At times, was it uh, Gilfoy? Oh my god! <laughs> like, yeah, my wife was like, "Yo, why is she yelling?" <laughs> seriously, like, and I get that, like, to some degree, it's weird to give a speech to, but you're not you're not giving it to a crowded audience. You're not you don't have to reach the people in the back. You can speak at a normal volume, like. <laughs> yeah, this chick, she went all out, man. And I'm Ooh. like, yo, if so, here, here's what I think. And I, I've said this for multiple episodes. There is a group of this country that's going to vote for Trump. And, yo, have at it. Please have at it. But you cannot justify the fact that this guy doesn't get it, bro. He's like, he showed up late for work. And he's like one in a race. Uh, it, it blows my mind. He's like, the, he's, he's incompetent. 
And I'm not a politician, and thank goodness for that. But if I were, I would be like, please, somebody knuckle up. Please learn how to talk honestly. Speak plainly to people. Because this guy is so lost. He's like the... It's pathetic. It's embarrassing. Uh, Checking out the uh, 538 polls, which is one of my new favorite websites. So uh, (laughs) thank you for all you do uh, at 538 Project. You guys are awesome. This guy, if he wins, that means there are... All right, let me do the math. Okay, roughly 42% of the country is happy with Donald Trump in some shape, form, or another. Okay? There is a peel-off of Republicans that voted for Trump in 2016. So now we start the math game. Mathematically, there's no way this guy wins and gets nominated again. There, It's like 70 or 69 days until the election. Mathematically, it's impossible. Like, And here's why. The sentiment for this gentleman, or this guy, I won't call him a gentleman. Yeah, thank is you. So, is so sound. He's like the guy that like stole your lunch money and then wanted to be your friend. You know, he's like the, the, the typical 80s movie bully where he has the, 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 the come to Jesus moment. He's garbage. People, the sentiment against this guy is so far off in every category except for enthusiasm. It's like, <laughs> what is it like? Ninety-five percent of Republicans? No, it's actually only seventy-nine uh, percent. What? What he calls it? True Republicans, yeah, right? He keeps saying ninety-six percent, and there's no math that supports that. Yeah. So, math was the, not his strong suit, dude. The guy's a moron. His sister called him out. His sister called him a pathetic liar. He's you can't trust him. He's dishonest. Uh, you know, it, it's like, I can't imagine my own sister like saying, you know, my brother's, is, he's like, blah, blah, blah. I, I would call yeah. her up on the phone like, have you lost your mind? Are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I don't know if my sister's listening, but I, I, I love you. So, um, but I know that wouldn't happen. But this guy is legit. Like his, his approval rating is like 43%. On average, like that's that's including highs and lows. So I get there's a there's enough of the country of the people that have been polled, and you can probably you know they they say it's a three percent plus or minus for uh, for errors. I would actually go so far as to say it's seven percent. So there's unless people are just like they wake up on November third and they're like, oh, you know, blah, whatever, you know, the economy. Nope, fact check. He kind of inherited the economy. Like every pres every sitting president forever has inherited an economy. Like math works that way. Yeah. Like there there are no spikes from two three to two four. It's like actually a trend. So it it's not like the economy went to like three point the GDP went to like a three point five percent growth rate. Yeah. So well, no, what did he, he wanted it north of four. Man, this guy needs he needs to buy a better calculator, man. He, but he that's really, just it. Is it's not even about. I mean, he just throws numbers out. He looks at a number and says, "Well, I want it to be bigger. A he, bigger number's got to be better, right?" That's why he's. That's why he's so happy with one hundred seventy thousand deaths. One hundred seventy-six thousand. Number just keeps going up, 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 up. Yeah, I mean, 
I will say that he does talk like a salesman. If you listen to the adjectives he uses in every sentence, powerful, strong, uh, tremendous, very nice. It's just like, dude, you're the best, the biggest, the, best, the biggest. It's like, you're like a fifth grader. <laughs> I just can't imagine it. He it, has it, the best words, the biggest words. Yeah, whatever. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's like, uh, I don't know. The RNC is like, it's a sham, bro. It's, it's literally a sham. And I, I just, I can get behind some of the things. And this is not about politics. It's about, for me, it's like those things make sense if you get to the crux of the, of the issue, right? Let's, let's talk about, you know, I read an article today about black on black crime. Again, if people had opportunity, they would, they more than likely wouldn't rob, steal, or kill. Like, let's just call it for what it is. Let, let's, let's stop dancing. Let's stop looking at the symptoms and saying that's the, the root cause. Um, but it's, it's frustrating. I, I hope and pray that, uh, Donald Trump does not get reelected. I really do. It's going to be a really long four years if that's the case. Oh, uh, I mean, yeah, I, I might move to Africa. I might go to Ghana. You're laughing, but I'm not. No, <laughs> I know you're not. I only laugh because, like, deep down inside, that's secretly what he wants. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah, I would probably figure out ways to move, like, to a place that wasn't so, um, it's disgusting, bro. It's it like, is. if this is where the United States of America, like, this is how the story ends, I don't want to be here. Was it Nikki Haley last night said that America isn't racist? And she's viewed as the f- potential future of the post-Trump Republican Party. Oh. Uh. Yo. Yeah, no. <laughs> That's all I got, yo. Um. I just, at what point is there going to be, I mean, and, like, I know that there were even, like, there were several, you know, Republican politicians that, or former politicians that were at the DNC, you know, like they were sitting there speaking about how awful Trump has been. But it's not, I don't think it's about, um, I get the character play. If I'm being honest, I, I think that makes sense. But I guess where like, I, I question humanity, especially in this country is don't you know the difference between right and wrong? Like, the partisanship is, it is what it is, but can we just go back to right and wrong? I mean, like, I, yeah, like I, I wish, but I don't, there's a lot of people out there who feel like what they're doing is the right thing. You know, like they're, they're so freaking firm in their convictions and I don't, I'm with you in that. I, I, I don't see how you can look at what he says, how he acts, the things that he's done more importantly everything that he hasn't done you know that and and sit there and say well he just needs four more years like so what so he can ruin more stuff i mean like the man has done nothing but try to dismantle the federal government from within and not in a way to make it more efficient not in a way to make it serve our people better but simply in a way of breaking it I mean, for his own his own personal gain and the gain of the people that are throwing money at him. 
I I just don't understand what their end game is. Though. That's that's the thing. It's like you, you want chaos. Like when you when you think about it. But I don't right? I don't think it's that long term as part of it. I think it's so short term that it's like it's the money grab. It's like, well, I'm here and who's going to do anything about it? You know, he's got people around him that have convinced him that he's essentially unimpeachable at this point. I mean, so I wouldn't believe- that be hilarious, though, if he got reelected, but the Senate flipped Democrat and then they yeah. impeached the shit out of him again. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do believe like uh, there's going to be a third party after Trump, like, and I I would I would fault everybody that wanted the oh we have to have multiple parties we're going to have one, it's going to be unfortunately like probably twenty eight to thirty percent of this country that can shake flip bend or like contort our democracy. There will be a third party after Trump. Because I don't think the GOP is entirely comfortable with the the, you know, the Trumpism. Um, I just wonder: is it the GOP that's going to reject Trumpism, or is it member current members of the GOP that are going to split off because they they reject the fact that the GOP has accepted that? They're going to have to. I mean, like when you think about it, when with the exception of Rickson Torum and like a few other people. Um, Think about it. It's 42%. So if I think I said 42 or 43% of the country, like they approve of this guy. Like if we all do math, there's a majority of the country that's not rocking with that. But are, um, are a majority of those people in, in those locations, I think is part of, part of the issue, right? Like you have a Mitch McConnell in large part because up until recently, a majority of constituents have liked the fact that he's lockstep with Trump. You know, like there are people out there, there are representatives who have done exactly what you have basically been in Trump's pocket the entire time and their constituents are still going to vote for them and for Trump. Right. So. And I'm with you that like, I mean, yeah, like the there's the majority of the country overall doesn't agree, but let me me paint you a picture. Right. Um, When you think of, uh, for example, Yahoo. For a time, they were the search engine. Yeah. They had the stupid commercials. They found that their, what's a better, no, even better example. Apple and and, uh, their their stupid fight with Epic Games. (laughs) Okay. Well, Apple's like, well, we really want to get 30% of your subscriptions. And and Epic's like, "Mm, no. And Apple's like, well, if you want to get to our users, then you're going to have to do this, right? Well, Apple, in their, the back of their mind, they're thinking, well, this has happened before. It's called Microsoft against the DOJ, where Microsoft backed down. And Microsoft, at some point, let Google show up, let Facebook show up. It's the same thing with our pol- political system right now. Like, there is a vast majority of people, let's just call Trump users or Trump people Fortnite players, where they really want to play their game. They're going to have to figure out a way to make this work within the system. It's going to splinter off. But then they're going to eventually see that, just like Fortnite, that they're going to have to make concessions to really get the full benefit of what they're trying to accomplish. 
it's not going to be we can cut corners and you know play outside of the the, the gated walls of Apple. They're going like those Trump people can't play outside of the gated walls of our democracy for too long. It's it's just not fathomable. It, it doesn't work. It, it's the scare tactics of well, the Democrats want to turn this into Venezuela. Mm, hardly think that's true. There's a point of of there's a breaking point that people will reach before they say, you know, example, Tom Tillis, who's down literally by 12 points in North Carolina. Like, color outside the lines all you want. Think you can get away with it because you think somebody's got your back. But they're going to leave you to hang out, right? You it's know, what's funny be- is that I got a call from Senator Tom Tillis uh, last week, Thursday or Friday. I'm sorry. No, so it was funny. I guess he's been doing these telephone town halls um, where basically, you know, he gets on and spiels for a bit and then takes questions. Um, and I, it showed up on my phone as Senator Tom Tillis and then the phone number. And I'm like, why? I don't have him saved in my phone. Like, why am I getting this? Um, so I answered because I was just like, what the hell? Uh, and little, you know, pre-recorded thing that was, you know, basically said what was going on. And I was like, you know what? I'm just sitting here working. I'll listen to this. <laughs> I'm kind of curious. And dude starts talking about wanting to reopen the economy. And, you know, now, but also talking now about, you know, how important it is to wear masks and follow the guidelines. And, you know, I, I wanted to ask him about the stats that we talked about last week or the other, the other week where we were talking about, you know, 40% of the businesses that are closed at this point or the restaurants aren't going to reopen. So what are you going to do to help those people out? Like, what are you doing for the people, A, that own those businesses, those small businesses, and B, the people that worked at those small businesses? Like, they can't all go work at some, you know, chain restaurant that happened to stay open because right. they got a PP, PPP loan. Like, It's, it's going to, I mean. Anyways, to finish, I didn't get a chance because I got cut off. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't. I got tired of listening to him was part of the truth. I was on there for like 45 minutes. I didn't get a chance to ask my question, but yeah, this, this dystopian future that the RNC played, you know, played out last night was kind of, um, huh. I was like, that's interesting. Again, I think there's going to be a third party. I think that, uh, Trumpism or the, the Trump party, I, I hate to give that guy that much credit, but I think it's going to be a thing. I think it's probably going to be a thing for like at least two more cycles. So they're going to get like his kids to run for stuff. I think uh, the one. Oh God, yo! I'm surprised he didn't replace Pence with Jared Kushner. <laughs> First of all, like Jared Kushner makes like uh, Mark Zuckerberg look like he's like friendly hot or like wired. <laughs> Just like, I mean, Kushner's got no personality, man. Like, no, that dude is a wet blanket. Yeah. But Donald Trump Jr. is supposedly going to run in 2024. That's one thing that they're going to try to shovel down the... Dude, I don't understand where this populist view came from. Like, I don't get it. And all my research, I'm like, yeah, but none of that lines up to where this is a thing right now. Well, and then on top of that, I would just love to hear the argument that... I mean, I guess and it's dumb anyways because... You just I, you heard a lot of people argue that they didn't like the Clintons or Hillary in large part because you know it was like well this is not the Clinton dynasty you know and it's not you know this is just 
the the family's running, but it's like you had the bushes, right? <laughs> I didn't like, I didn't like her because literally the privatized prison. No, I know, and I, I know that there were reasons for you outside of that. I just I know that other people have used that as a reason for not liking her in the past, but would probably sit there and vote for Don Jr. in a heartbeat. I think as far as Secretary of State, like uh, she played well. You know, I, I don't think. I mean, but John Kerry set her up for success. You know, I think that our where we were as a country wasn't as embarrassing. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, just I, like Trump with the economy, you know, like she inherited good standings. Yeah. You know, with I mean, but even Bush, Bush didn't push us over the over the edge. You know, like yeah, we had a war going on, but he didn't push us over the edge where yeah. we were like trying to, you know, figure out who our real allies were. Yeah, we weren't courting russia while simultaneously pissing off china north korea australia the uk canada yeah. mexico south america uh, <laughs> germany <laughs> like i mean i could keep going um, <laughs> but yeah i just i i will i will be honest that's one of the things that i think just really bothers me maybe i, I won't even say more than anything but maybe as much as anything is just the his blind, I guess, like love for Russia and the way that he, I mean, that he just kisses Putin's ass on a constant basis and legitimizes them as a world power when they have no business being there. It's time for a good old fashioned debate. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. Well, they are world power. They have just enough nuclear weapons to make them so. They have just enough oil to make them so. They have just enough influence in the Middle East to make them so. I mean, you can't take that away from them. But it's like, my dude, we're not trying to like, you cannot reestablish the USSR. And that's you know, what it seems like Trump is trying to do. He's, he certainly doesn't seem to care whether or not that's what's happening. He, yeah, he's definitely hands off in that, you know. Um, and I just would love to understand if it's simply because of his the the connection that was made between him and Russia initially that has him now feeling like he constantly has to legitimize them and like make them out to be a good guy, even though he has said he had nothing to do with it. Like, you know what I mean? mean? Do you, you ever remember the uh, Looney Tunes commercials where they had uh, Spike, the big bulldog, and the little tiny dog? Uh-huh. Or like, hey, Spike, what are we going to do today? What are we going to do today? That is Trump and Putin. Like, but that's he's what's so little, terrifying. He's the little dog who thinks that Spike's got this big reputation. I mean, the guy's been in power for, what, 30 years? But even still, like, I mean, he wasn't. Nope. Do not be, I mean, do not sip the Kool-Aid. The Cold War, like, as far as, in my opinion, as far as, like, we're pointing weapons at each other, that part stopped. But as far as, like, who's really, like, pulling the reins in Europe, it's freaking Russia. Nobody wants that fight. Like, if Russia got really bad and up, mad and upset, yeah, they're shutting people down. When I think back to like uh, the Middle East, when I even when I was a kid, yo, Russia was in Afghanistan for a minute. They were in Pakistan for a minute. 
the U.S. wasn't really trying to like tip the scales there. You know, when Russia pulled out and said, ah, we really, yeah, whatever they decided to do, right? Then you saw the eventual collapse of the USSR and you have all these separate independent countries. And then you have Putin coming to power saying, no, but I want it the way it was. Who's going to stop him? Like, that's a reality. It's like, you, we, yes, we stopped pointing nuclear weapons at each other. But the reality is, is Germany going to, like, pick a fight with Russia? No. And no, I mean, it, and I don't think, I guess part of, I thought that was the whole point behind, like, NATO and the UN, right? Is that it's not, it's not one person that's picking a fight. And it's not even necessarily that we want to pick a fight, but more just to say, like, don't do anything fucking stupid and instead, what I feel like we've been doing lately is going, yeah, we know you're doing a bunch of stupid shit over there that we don't really like, but we're just, we don't really care. I mean, I feel like that's where Trump's at. And he's he's essentially tied the world's arm behind its back because... That's not, that's not well, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you this. It's not true because Germany's got a freaking oil pipeline with Russia. And I, uh, but, but what I'm, but again, so, I come back to the U.S. having historically, whether it was, you know, legitimate or not been that like the number one leader in the world right like we were the the country that everybody else looked to like, and like kind of said well if the u.s isn't going to get involved then i'm not i mean like if they're not having my back and i'm not trying to pick a fight with the u.s then i'm not going to go do this right but do you think they built that pipeline in a week <laughs> like right so i'm just saying like the the relationships have deteriorated it is that's my point right and if we pretend like Russia doesn't have muscle to flex, yo, then if if the United States is a kid on the block, the United States would be getting its ass kicked every weekend. And somebody would be, that's, that's my point. It's like, so, but I guess like uh, that, that leads to my point that why are we going to let Russia become the, the person in Europe that, that is continuing to pull with no resistance whatsoever? Because if Germany doesn't want to fight with Russia do? and we're not going to back Germany up, then what Germany is ultimately going to roll over, right? World War II was won because of Russia. Like there, there are facts that people when and when the whole Russia conversation comes up, even the Cold War, it's like. But do you yeah, see you? I mean, you see what I'm I saying, right? Yeah, I, I get the foreign policy player that we're it. essentially abandoning this position of leadership and and leaving a I, vacuum. I understand the I understand the foreign policy of it, but the reality is, it's like, are we? It's like China. Everybody's like, well, China's our enemy. Okay, economically, yes. But if it came down to like, I'll meet me outside, we're not having that fight. Well, and like, China what? doesn't want that fight either because China's economy is based largely on the U.S. Like yeah. the two economies are so intertwined. There's a reason that China owns so much of our debt and, you know, that we have so much of our all of our goods essentially coming from China. Like this, all of this stuff makes sense if you look at, what has happened, right? We're, get, we're getting it coming and going. We're getting on the foreign policy and the, the world superpower, right? Yeah. And, and somewhere in the middle is a solution. And it's not that you, you, you cower to like people that are doing dirt, you know, doing dirt. Uh, see, I, I, now I'm just not even translating like from my language to everybody else. So when somebody's doing dirt, it's like, yo, where do I see you at? Right. And then you get, you, you put some boundaries up. Like, yo, we'll rock with you. But you can't come over here and start, you know, stealing stuff. From but again, that's where I feel like we've really not been doing any of that with Russia. But is it foreign policy or is it superpower conversation? Right. Which conversation do we have? Right. 
Because the minute we start flexing on Russia, they squeeze everybody in Europe. Then it's a foreign policy conversation. Is it? Yeah, I think it is. I think about, I think a lot of that can be are, done are through things, foreign policy. Are but sanctions foreign policy, or are they like superpower stuff? What's that? Are sanctions foreign policy or super policy stuff? Or superpower stuff? I mean, I would argue that that's policy. Is it though? Because the minute you squeeze those countries, they go and they go and squeeze the next guy, right? And you get in this this freaking cycle of insanity, right? They're they're now they're funding the Taliban or whoever else they want to fund, and then we start like we're spreading ourselves thin with, oh, we got to stay in the Middle East. Oh, we got to we got to do this now. We got to figure out how to get out of Egypt. We got to all these things that become like very delicate. So that's. And I, I'm not a freaking secretary of state. I'm just saying, like, when you look at it from, like, my point of view, it's like, yo, are you going to, like, deal – which which one are you trying to deal with? Are you dealing with the superpower or are you dealing with foreign policy? Because in the middle, like, there's always an intersect. And we keep forgetting that. Oh, we're going to put sanctions on China. Well, they squeeze freaking they're, – now they're fighting with India. Well, we need India, Right. Oh, well, we're going to squeeze Russia. Well, now they're dealing with Germany. So we haven't even figured out how we're trying to deal with these issues. Are we trying to deal with it to make sure that super, like world quote-unquote superpowers are playing fair with everybody, and then we try to you know uh, make sure there's boundaries? Or are we trying to do the whole foreign policy thing? I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that there's – I think that there are a lot of other solutions – out there that oh I, I agree bro are ultimately overlooked for a lot of different reasons but yeah it's it's just it's it's frustrating on my end I, I or from my perspective I guess in part because I just feel like what again like we're continuing to abandon these you know and not again like whether or not we really belong there in the first place but ultimately we're not even like Saying, like, here's the person that should be, you know, like, okay, yeah, U.S., we're fucked up, but we got to fix some shit over here. So in the meantime, why don't we all just listen to Germany? I mean, I'm not saying, like, but, you know, like, can we at least, like, fucking do something? I, I feel like, because, again, we're abandoning this, and what's happening is China and Russia are now going, like, well, okay, cool. Like, we're just going to keep pushing, and we're going to see what happens. And, I mean, Russia keeps pushing people out of windows, like, literally, but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> and China keeps pushing all of their coronavirus cases <laughs> back down. <laughs> I don't know. I you're yeah, right. I, I know I, that you're right. That like there's so much more intricacies involved in foreign policy and dealing with superpowers and all of that. And that you know, I think I it's just very concerning to me that we have somebody who is, you know, in basic. I mean, I know he's not running everything, but who's the president of our country who would much rather look the other way at things that we can all pretty much agree Russia shouldn't really can be I doing. I don't think he's looking the other way. I think he doesn't know what to do. Inaction but is the, a sign. Then that's even, I mean, I feel like that's maybe that's even worse. Like, well, ask what, somebody. Like, you got all these people around you, and yet... But Duke keeps going on TV saying he's smarter than the epidemiologists. He's smarter than his generals. Like, 
I'm just telling you, he's his inaction is not because. But this is this is what happens when you elect a narcissist. Like, oh, that's okay. And, I, and I'm not saying that to you. I'm just saying, like, I'm just stating a fact. Like, this is narcissism 101, where he refuses to listen to anybody. There is no truth except for what comes out of his mouth or what he believes. Even what he said five minutes ago isn't true if he says the opposite right now. But I'm just I, so end of the story. Yeah. And I want to move on. Me from too. This is inaction is not a sign of like acceptance or it's incompetence. Like he doesn't know what to do. So the safest thing in his mind, from what I see is to not do anything. And I've seen that in business. I've seen that like hell in my personal life. Inaction is not a sign of like you're in control or you have a, you have your control of your next step and your next step could very well be a mistake. And that's okay, but at least you're not letting things happen to you. And I just see it as a, a blatant, like, crystal clear, he's incompetent. He doesn't know what to do. And he set himself up to fail. Collaboration. Synergy. Thinking outside the box. Raising the bar. Breaking down silos. Shifting the paradigm. Disrupting the market. Business. Um, the economy, because like, that's enough of that. Yeah, I don't like the like. Let's talk about the real economy. There are so many people. Like, and I keep. I know I keep sending articles, and there's one. There's an industry in this country. There's two uh, that are basically a really good litmus test of what's going to happen. Restaurant are screwed yeah <laughs> like it, it's the all right so if you haven't heard this before like 40 percent of all businesses are not going to reopen 47.4 percent of all companies that employ people in the united states are small businesses 60 to 70 percent depending on which thing you look at are restaurants Yo, and I, I follow a lot of, you know, trade magazines and they're not coming back, guys. And I'm seeing economists saying, like, we're looking at 2022 just to get back to where we were in, like, uh, Q4 of 2019. Isn't that scary? Yeah. I mean, it's terrifying. It's it's like, and I'm not a, <laughs> I'm not a pessimist or... No, but it's... I mean, we're because really it's it's like what's where is the hope, you know, on the horizon right now? Like what, there's no vaccine. We have things that are in trials and phase three and blah, blah, blah. But we're not we don't have an actual and they, even once that's done. Right. Then how long does it take to actually produce the amount that we need to, you know, vaccinate even an entire country, let alone the world? Right. Right. Well, China's um, got a vaccine that could be out by uh, October. Uh, Russia's got one too. Yeah. Well, Ru- the Russian, uh, <laughs> I think he was a premier of something. I, I don't know what he was, but he, he said this funniest thing. You know? He goes, if Russia would have invented water, the United States would have said there was vodka. In it. Yeah. It just, it just cracked me up. I was like, well, you're not wrong. But again, I mean, we're looking in 2022 of like seeing any results that were close to like Q4 of 2019. 
Yeah. It, it freaks me out. I mean, that's, we, yeah, that's, that's all, like what all, the three years, yeah. <laughs> two and a half, three years of yeah. this. And I mean, I was reading some of the stuff that you sent me where they were talking about that this could be a, what they call like a double dip uh, recession where it goes down, it starts to come back up and then boom, drops again. Um, because I mean, we still have no idea, you know, they thought that the virus was going to go away in the summer, right? Yeah. Now we know yeah. that it's going to start cooling off and for all we know, we're going to have a massive spike and outbreak. I mean, they, I know we were talking about it. Um, I think yesterday or today, but like their athletics, you know, like college athletics, they're starting to, it, I mean, conferences have shut down. The big 10 was all up in arms because all of the athlete, I loved it. All of the athletic directors wanted to play. All of the presidents and chancellors didn't. They didn't play. Now the athletic directors are like, well, why didn't the commissioner go and fight? And I'm like, it's literally two to one in every single situation. You've been outranked. You don't like the chancellor is your boss. (laughs) That's not that's not how this works. You don't you guys aren't the ones making decisions because ultimately you're not the ones that have the player's best interests in mind. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like you can't, you can't make the argument. Like, I mean, that's such a conflict of interest that you can't be the ones left to make that decision. I'm sorry. You can have, you can have your voice at the table, which you had, but if the presidents and everybody else say, no, you're not playing football, then you're not playing football. But I think, you know, I mean that in and of itself, the economic impact of, of that, right. Going forward could be catastrophic, especially like in, in the South and stuff like that in certain areas. So, and we have to remember we live in Disneyland. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. We live in Disneyland. And, and like, I, I don't think a vast majority of the people that live in the County we live in and North Carolina um, by the Capitol are going to have to uh, weather most of that storm. No, I agree. But I think there's going to be enough. I, I'm spitballing like 20 to 25% of people are going to start getting like the layoffs after the furloughs. Um, and that's going to probably more than likely cripple our economy here. Like there's no question about it. It's like, okay, after I move through all the smoke in the, in the math and just kind of get like a good pulse. And I, again, I always say, go to the grocery stores, go to, you know, go to places where people have to spend money and look at the traffic. Yep. And I see less and less people at the gas station. I see less and less people in the grocery store. Uh, and I got a different vomit, you know, on my hippie stuff with my food. So I get to go to different grocery stores. I'm seeing less and less people. Yeah. I'm I'm with you there. I mean, I, you know, like the the stores that I've been visiting regularly, same thing, you know, like different times of day, it doesn't really seem to matter. Like it just seems like there's fewer and fewer cars in the parking lot. There's less people inside the stores. Um, you know, and I, I don't spend a ton of time in grocery stores. There's usually just like, cause I need to run out and grab like a thing. Um, cause we do most of our stuff through Instacart here lately um but even going to like lowe's home improvement you know uh on a saturday i was like wow this is not as busy as you would think it would be um so yeah i mean i think this is going to continue to be felt 
I, I think you're right. Like we're just kind of starting to feel the impact of it here probably. Yeah. Um, and it's going to get worse and worse as more people continue to get laid off because I don't, I don't think that it's going to turn around. There's no reason that this area is going to be immune to that any more than any other area. In the past, there were like during 2008 with the financial and like the housing market recession, this area sustained because it had RTP, because it had big business. Those big businesses are getting hit just like everybody else, yeah. you know? And so I think ultimately you're right that this area is not going to weather the storm. It's not to say that it won't weather the storm, but it's not going to be shielded from it, you know, oh, like it, yeah, like it gonna, has been in the past. Yeah. We're going to get our dings and our armor and I don't know if we're going to rebound um, as quickly as 08 and 09. Um, and one reason I think that is because the furloughs keep increasing. So, and I, I was reading something, the average furlough is like 90 days and people start looking for a job in 45 days, which yeah. is kind of, um, you know, it tells you where people's personal finances are. It's like they're, they're, how are you supposed to survive for three months without a paycheck? I mean, that's I mean, what I mean, like, and I, I know, you know, from what we've talked about before that if you are doing what you should be doing, right. But even then, most people aren't going to sit there and go, I can survive for three months. So I will, right. People are going to sit there and go, if I can go find another job, especially if it's something, maybe you had a, a decent job, but it yeah. wasn't, you know, or maybe you got furloughed and were literally told you may come back. You may not, you know, I think I'm sure. They'll, they'll burn cash for 30 days. Yeah. You know? Um, but then after that first month, <laughs> right. When you don't have that paycheck come in or those two paychecks and you're sitting there going, Ooh, uh, savings accounts getting a little low. Uh, yeah. I kind of wanted to go to the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I had, uh, somebody that I knew who, you know, had been working somewhere, I think about a year. Um, and they were informed, I think, you know, right before the summer, maybe May, somewhere in there, um, or June that, you know, they were going to be furloughed for, I think, six weeks. And then there was a real possibility that they would not be brought back. And so, I mean, almost immediately upon starting furlough began working for, you know, looking for work. Um, right. because it was just kind of like, what am I going to, I'm just going to sit here and wait, you know? Cause I think, and that's, you can't, it's I a think, number. Right. It's a number. I mean, yeah, because yeah. I'm going to be the guy that sits here and waits, and then everybody else goes and gets the jobs that are out there, right? And then yeah. I find out I don't have a job. Now I'm going to go look, and I'm going to find out, oh, the jobs that I thought I was going to get or that I wanted are no longer available. And, yeah, and we've, you know, we talked about this a while ago, uh, just like, so, uh, in my humble opinion, uh, housing, retail, um restaurants and marketing are typically the ones that kind of give you like for me uh, and you guys can you, you can fact check me if you like i enjoy saying that because nobody ever does <laughs> but those are the ones that actually give you like a heads up of what's happening with hiring firing um, disposable income for companies because if you have a marketing budget you're going to blow it you're going to spend it right um restaurants, disposable income, the average person is going to go out and eat, you know, uh, I look at my own personal budget and I know like when I have more money because I, you know, my, that budget line goes up 
And for you know those of, the, of you that don't know, I actually manage my personal budget like a P&L. So it's like, put those cornflakes back. You, you've had way too many. Um, Andre's got his kitchen scale, and he's like, all right, 30 grams of cornflakes. That'll say 31, nope. And he's like picking them out with a tweezer and putting them back in the box. All right. 30. Yeah, so I, do, I do count inventory. Um, but when you look at those industries, and you, and you look at those, in, for me, those are indicators, gas stations, et cetera, uh, retail clothes. You know, most people have clothes. And what's interesting about even clothes is that people actually go to the dry cleaners more. So if you can find like a national dry cleaners um, chain, probably invest right now. Uh, Just something to think about. Um, Wait, so you're saying people are going to the dry cleaners more now? Yeah, because they're not going to go out and buy a new suit, especially men. Wait, so people were just literally like throwing away their suits and buying new ones? If you if you look at retail, <laughs> what kind of trash? <laughs> I mean, Joseph A. Banks has actually filed for a Chapter Eleven. Okay, so that no, that I do understand that you know, like uh, Men's Warehouse too, I think was on the list of places, and they were saying because people aren't going out and buying new stuff because they're working from home. But I wouldn't think that that would also correspond with an increase in dry cleaning because. If I'm working from home, well, I'm, I mean, like, I'm t-shirts in it. I mean, like, for me, getting dressed up for my Zoom call is putting on a polo, like throwing a polo on over the freaking dirty ass shirt that I've been wearing all day. I will. I do normally take a shower. And my dad, I remember when he was here staying with me once and I had a call that I had to do. And I was like, all right, I got to take a shower. He's like, it's a Zoom call. They can't smell you. And I'm like, no, I know. But it's literally like the only way that I'm going to get my hair right. And he goes, oh, my fucking God. <laughs> A pressed shirt, bro. Think about it. Like you're, you've got to think. So I read the book called uh, two books. Peter Lynch, one of my favorite big time Wall Street guys, right? One up on Wall Street and beating the street. Some good advice if you're think, don't get in this, into the Robin Hood game. But he said, think about where you spend your money at. And then it kind of taught me to think, look at what not just that uh, the center of a marketplace like clo- retail sales, but if People aren't buying clothes. What are they doing with the clothes that they have, right? So the average white-collar worker, if you're going to do a Zoom call, you want your shirt to still be pressed. You're probably not doing that yourself if you're the, you know, most people. You're going to yeah. take it to a dry cleaners. So, yeah. That, that Especially because of, there's so many drive-through dry cleaners, right, where right. you don't, where you have the opportunity to, with for minimal contact. And right. there's usually one person working there, so it's not like they had to do a whole lot to – deal with covid measures and stuff right that that makes sense i've often thought of investing in a transactional holding company uh that basically facilitates you know the chemicals for the dry cleaning process it's actually dupont is one of the largest companies so parks and rec reference because it's when tom haverford is looking to get into a business and ben wyatt is like you know actually the safest business to get into and he's like it's a transactional holding company he's like oh my god ben i'm so bored (laughs) and i'm and i'm such the geek that actually knows yeah yeah. and of course the best part is what does tom haverford ended up doing when he opens his business a restaurant tom's bistro yeah failure um no, I, he actually succeeded restaurant tours i well I no do. he did and then he and then he failed you're right he expanded he opened additional locations and then went bankrupt and then he wrote a book about it and that's how he actually made his money so lesson learned kids write a book 
Oh gosh, where was I going? I don't know. Uh, beat the street. So we're talking uh, about be- oh, looking at the things that people do. So you have, you want to have your press shirt, and we were talking about the dry cleaning and all of that. Yeah. So, and I'm the geek that actually understands where the next where the stone skips and then like yeah, yeah. in the middle there you're like oh yeah. no that's a great investment that's exactly yeah. where you should put your money Chris. <laughs> anyway, um, gosh, I love this guy. <laughs> um, Wait, are you talking about me or are you talking about the guy you were talking about? I'm talking about you, bro. Okay, good. I was worried there. I was like, because I was getting, I was taking it as like, oh, he really admits it. I, I me. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a, it, it's, it's a, I want to, I want to see the election happen. I don't want to go, I don't want to talk about politics anymore because like, yep. I'm going to watch day, uh, night two of the RNC. So I want to be able to throw up in peace. Um, <laughs> I don't think, I mean, like, I could probably watch some of that. I just, I, no, no, it's, I well, actually, no, I can't. I can't tonight because uh, doctor's orders. I'm not allowed to consume news after 12 o'clock. This podcast is actually in gross violation. But the good news is I've read all of these stories ahead of time, so it doesn't really <laughs> apply. No, it's hilarious because I know, like, you and I, I think, have, have developed a similar morning routine at least you're up way before I am, but you get to news around the same time that I do. It's like the first thing I do. You've already been up for six hours and have you know rewritten six different programs, and I'm like, oh, what's happening on the news today? And I, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I never want to call you out on that. I'm like, all right, he's he's just getting to it. Yeah. Like, I already read about. It. I do. I love when I when I see like. I'll send you something and you'll send it like right back the second after, like we both get it at the same time. I will say uh, Google news has, so it's hilarious because I get the email notification from Gmail and now I get a notification from Google news that you have shared something with me. So I have to disable the email notifications, I guess, but I still cannot share something with you directly through google news so yeah, I, get, I get an email link it's kind of annoying yeah um but it, google since i know that you are listening um please fix that i really want to just be able to share stuff i mean like because i could i, I choose sometimes i'm like well am i going to email this to him or am i going to text it to him and it's like is it what time is it first and then not that that matters because you're awake when i'm awake and then also I'm like, how important is it? Do I need him to see it right now? Is this like, oh my God, I need a reaction? Or is it like, I just want him to read it so we can talk about it on the podcast. And I think you know which one is which, so. <laughs> I Yeah, yeah. there are times where I'm just like, yeah, can you believe that crap? It's, it's, I, I was talking to my daughter and um, she's really getting interested in poli sci. And I'm, I'm trying to encourage her to, um, like at least minor in poli sci. I think knowledge is key. Um, but it's, it's amazing that people don't get the same story three times and try to disseminate the fact for themselves, which kind of still blows my mind. Um, like I'll read an article, but then I'll be like, All right, what's the full coverage on this? And I'll, you know, try to pick, you know, three to four different, takes in the same article so i can at least form an opinion not that it's i I call it a fact i'm like let me at least form an opinion um and it just amazes me that people don't do that anymore um i agree and i think the other piece that is missing is because it's one thing to sit there and say this is my opinion 
right? Based on the the one or two articles maybe that I read. And then to have a conversation with somebody, right? And have that other person say, wow, that's interesting that you think that. I actually read an article that said X, Y, Z. And here, you know, here, I'll share it with you, right? And then like go from there to actually inform your opinion and and adapt, right? right? And, and evolve it based on the information that you have. Not that the first bit of information you get forms your opinion and then it's, oh, I can't it's change. Not, yeah. And, and I'll, if I'm being honest, that's why I'm watching the, uh, the RNC, right? Cause I don't want to get the snippets of the information and Van Jones, who I don't, uh, agree with all the time. I, I will, there, there's a topic I'm going to probably hold off into the end to talk about, but I'm starting to notice something. Uh, and I've said this before, I don't necessarily agree with the politics of some of my, you know, black brothers and sisters, but I will say this Van Jones, like he made some pretty good points last night. And he also made a point last week about the RNC. Like, no, you should watch it. If you, if you're trying to understand like, um, like the entire landscape, you you want to watch the RNC. And I was like, all right, uh, I think that's about, pardon me. I think that's a valid point. And that's why I'm watching it. But, um, it's just interesting. Like, I think that we're, as a society, we've learned to dumb down just about everything just for convenience, which it blows my mind. And I grew up reading the newspaper. Um, when I was an adult, I started reading the Wall Street Journal. I started reading like uh, the New York Times, uh, probably way too many financial like uh, periodicals and newspapers uh, because I'm fascinated by puzzles. Like I love puzzles. Um, and I get like, I, my, when I built houses, for example, the work was tedious. It was hard, but I love being able to see the, the end product. And that's what I like about life. It's like, you can figure out these puzzles and make things like appear that weren't there seven days ago. Um, and it just baffles me that people aren't willing to, um, explore for their own opinion, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like I, I, I don't understand that way of thinking. I don't either. You know, to to go into it already preventing yourself from accepting anything beyond what you already believe. Yeah. You know, seems very... And especially in something as... <laughs> in some ways, as meaningless as politics, right? It, it, it Because it... it I know it's not ultimately, but it sh- it kind of should be like politics. The 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 actual politics of it, I feel like should be taken out, right? Like that's that's where we get so caught up in the politicking and not in the in in this is probably not the, in the creation of policy, right? I mean, we've talked you know policy over politics. It's not you know you you watch the RNC and you see this like. I mean, again, like these devotional praises, you know, uh, like he ascended from heaven or, you know, descended from heaven into the White House. You know, it, it's Jesus Christ reborn. And yeah. I don't. Life. I'm speaking of that, but what about Jerry Falwell? Yeah. Uh, so I guess his wife had a, 
and if, but this was like years ago, right? And now he's coming either. out saying like, that's "Well, we're I, we're not going to be extorted," and now he's stepping down from Liberty University. That's my beef with Christians, man. You got it. Like at the end of the day, bro, like it's right and wrong. Like at the, I don't have to agree with like how you want to do it, but if it's right, then I can get behind that. If it's wrong. You got to go somewhere with that. We had, we had those issues. There was, so ladies and gentlemen, there was a meeting we had and Chris was like on his manager joint. I was like, <laughs> yo, what's going on? Oh, in, bro? If I remember this, I got, I'm pretty sure I know exactly which one you're talking about, but I think I had just had a meeting with my manager or managers and had basically been given a directive of this is what you're going to do. And this is how, you know, like this is when it needs to get done. And so I brought it to the team and said, this is what we got to do. And this is when we got to do it by. And Andre's like, that's the stupidest fucking thing I've ever. (laughs) I don't even remember what you said. You can, you can tell the rest of it, but I said that part and I said, I'm not doing it. And those are my words. I said, I'm not doing that. And he looked at me. I think he, I think really you were like, you know, he literally said he's not going to do it. Yeah. I, I do. I remember I was a little mad cause I'm like, all right, dude, you're kind of like, what am I going to do with everybody else? Like if I let you walk off of this, I can't make the rest of them do it. And you know, damn well, I can't do this without you. Like your technical expertise is a big part of what needs to get done here. And yeah, so I, I, I think I, what it ended up being was I, I essentially said, Look, no, you, dude, I get you. You literally said, no, you, your okay. words were, well, I understand you're not going to do it, but somebody's got to do it. Ryan. <laughs> Is that what I turned to Ryan? <laughs> and I asked Ryan, all right, Ryan, how are you going to get this done? And I'm sure Ryan's eyes were like, uh. Yeah. I mean, but it was a, it was a, it was an honest moment, you know? And it was just like, yeah, but my, my job is, as some as a member of the team was not to let everybody go off the cliff. Yeah. That was it. And if I'm being honest, six months later, all the work we did yeah. was useless. It, it was. didn't really matter. And but it at the same time, we walked out of that meeting and went and had a conversation about it. Yeah. Beyond that, because we're both adults and we're both men and they were like, look, this is stupid. And I, and I think at that point, you know, it was like, look, I, I agree. I know it's stupid, but I can't sit there in front of the whole team and tell them that it's stupid, but that I need them to do it. Like you and I can have this conversation, you know? Uh, yeah. I just wasn't having it. I no, was, I mean, yeah. And that, but obviously, I mean, like, I don't know. I just, again, I, I, I'm with you in that. I don't understand people getting that don't get the difference between right and wrong and that aren't willing to just have those conversations. I mean, like just be honest with each other and have, have these honest conversations. If you, if the other person truly respects you the way that you probably hope and think that they do, then it shouldn't be an issue. But I think maybe part of it is that deep down inside, we all have these self inflated. Not all, but a lot of us have self-inflated images. (laughs) So, you know, the funny thing about that is that when we look, when I look back on that team, uh, it it was interesting. Like I understood everybody's role. You understood everybody's role, but, and every, I think everybody else did. And people would wait for me to have an opinion Mm -hmm. if need be. Um, Most of the time. (laughs) 
whatever. <laughs> no, I don't mean that you would have an opinion. I meant that, that I mean that that did be like people would like basically I'd be standing in front of the group and I'd say, All right, this is what we gotta do. What how do we think we would do it? And everybody would just turn and look at Andre. <laughs> and it got to the point where I had to start figuring out like how do I get other people to speak up? I think I had to have a conversation with you at one point and I said, Look, you know that ultimately I know you've got the right ideas, but like I gotta get these other people to talk because otherwise they're never gonna, you know, learn and feel comfortable in solving these problems on their own. They're going to think that you and I are the only ones capable of doing any of this shit. That's fair. No, you're right. And then I, and I respect that. And I, um, and you did, I mean, I remember you were like, no, that's. And so like the next several meetings, you just kind of sat back and I was like, all right, come on. Somebody's going to speak up. Don't just look at Andre. <laughs> and it wasn't like I was just insubordinate to be insubordinate or honest, just to be honest. It's just that when you, um, when you look at the road you're going down and if you've been down that road before, it's not okay to let your team fall off the cliff just because. Um, and I think that's what, as a, where as a country, we often fail. Um, you know, I've had my bumps and I will be the first person. If you're my family, you know that I'm not perfect. And I, you know, I, I have my, my tendencies to like pick a side but I also have my tendency to say, I don't have it. I don't know. Or if I picked a side and I didn't have all the information, I, I felt pressured to pick a side. I can say, yeah, I wasn't seeing that correctly. Why can't our country do that? You know, I am not uh, a politician, but I don't think politics is that unique. You know, I, I think it's more of the, you know, what are we trying to accomplish? And somebody should say, if need be, that's not the right way to go. And this is why. Um, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a professional theologian, but I can also say like, no, we read the same words. That's wrong. What you're saying is like categorically wrong. You can't tell me different. I'm not an economist, but I buy stuff. Like I can tell you when things aren't good. Um, I, I am a business owner and I can tell you like some things are stupid. <laughs> you know, it's like, that's a waste of your time. Don't do that. It doesn't turn out well. Um, I'm a son and I make mistakes with my, with my parents. I had to learn the hard way that, you know, for any parent out there, yeah, you're going to screw up some stuff, but you can only do the best with what you know and what you have, you know? And I, I share that with my, I share that with Chris, you know, we're both parents and I'm like, Hey, I, I don't have an answer, but, I can tell you this is, this is how that played out for me. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I mean, that's one of the things that I think you really miss when you don't have people to do life with, you know, like yeah. when you don't, it's not even necessarily that you, that one of you has the right answer. It's just that you have, I mean, to some degree, like you got somebody to commiserate with, you know, like, yeah. dude, this shit sucks. And that person <laughs> can go, yeah, it does. I, you know, I've been there and it does suck, but the good news is I was there. I'm not there anymore. And it gets better, right? Like it can, if you don't allow yourself to get bogged down in this or that. And as long as you do the right things and that's, I mean, like I come to you very often for guidance on those things because you have life experiences that I am, you know, going through or have gone through that, you know, you've been through previously. And so it's, you know, it's something that it's so nice to, to have a guide sometimes, you know, and it's not, not like that's your job or I'm always like, okay, well I can't do this without Andre, but Jesus, <laughs> when I, when shit gets really fucking crazy, 
And you just need somebody to be like, dude, and be like, yep, that sucks. <laughs> it's going to hurt. Stop touching the stove. <laughs> this is, uh, this is, uh, I was talking to a friend last week, actually, uh, in a lot of things in life, he's helped me like, this is going to sound weird, but it's true. Life gets pretty dark, right? Like there's, I was telling one of my sons uh, last year or the year before last that one of the things I enjoy about driving to work or like driving early in the morning is that sometimes you get to see the sun come up. And it's like probably uh, for me, one of the most relaxing parts of my day. There are days I'll wake up and get a cup of coffee and just like watch, literally watch the early part of the day because it's, it's validation that you get a reset. Um, and I was saying, you know, I was talking to somebody that's been pretty influential in my life. And uh, like, and I always tell people like, if you want to know why I do this, it's because of him, you know? Um, and we were just talking about, you know, and I, so I'm going to blend this in a couple of things. So y- yes, another person was shot by the police and I've been again, processing stuff in my head, but you know, if I'm being honest in my life, I've seen like really crappy things. And, you know, if I, if I let life kind of dictate how I respond to that, I don't think I would have the enriched relationships I have in my life. And I was thinking about it as I was saying it. And it's like, you know, throughout the situations, I try to see the person. And I've noticed that throughout like all of my closest relationships in my life. Like, it's not the situation. It's not my perception. It's can I see the person through that? You know, for example, Chris is a white guy from Northern California, right? Yay, California. And my heart goes out to people that are losing their homes right now. So, you know, um, but he loves the Gap Band. (laughs) So (laughs) he loves like like a lot of cool music I have. So, you know, being able to see the person through like what I thought would be an uneasy situation, we built a great relationship and friendship throughout that. But if I just would have just saw the world through my lens, wouldn't have this friendship, right? Wouldn't have this, you know, this, this, this new brother in my family, right? The, the family I choose. So, you know, what I would implore people to do is like, you know, take it from me. And I, I'm not like a poster boy, or anything. I'm rough around the edges. Sometimes I put pepper on my food. <laughs> you know, I enjoy a good cigar. But can you challenge yourself to see the person through the situation beyond your perception and beyond your programming in life to have better relationships? You know, uh, so this guy was telling me, he's like, you know, I, you know, just to not go into all the details, like, yeah, I don't know how you pull that off. I'm like, well, through my life, I've just learned to really see the person and not, you know, not live so much on my script, you know, because if I did, you know, I wouldn't be a good father. I'd probably be a, a worse husband than I am. You know, there's a lot of things I'd be worse at, but always trying to challenge myself to always see the person and try to, you know, be the person I want to be like at the end of the day. And that's, uh, you know, I'm grateful that I, you know, I, I learned that and it just took me one, you know, through, it was actually through a, a really dark, 
bad time. And life is like, I'll tell anybody, you keep thinking your life is all rosy all the time. You're a fool. You know, you got to brace yourself for the impacts that are going to come. So, and I would just challenge people to really look for the person. I don't care who it is. And that's why I can say without, without question, I understand why people are racist. I under, there's a lot of things I understand because I know at some point that person like let their perception become their reality. But you're the bigger and better person if you can see the person through that because you're, you don't want to carry your crap through that, if I'm being honest. So, yeah, that was my deep personal thing. I don't, yeah, I don't want to tarnish what you said and I don't think that what I what I want to add I think you make an excellent point and the example that I give I think to try and support that aside from this amazing relationship that you and I have um the, the I cannot remember the man's name but the guy who has base is famous for converting former KKK members right Daryl something I can't remember his last name now but I think Daryl Johnson if I'm not mistaken um and even, you know, the guy that he's like most famous for kind of converting one of the first guys that he got to, to basically leave the clan. Um, even he kind of had that moment, right. Where he sat there and said, I have all of these prejudices. I have all of these preconceived notions about this man, but I'm going to give myself the opportunity to change my opinion. And he learned and, became a different person because of right. that, you know, and it doesn't certainly doesn't excuse, right. Any of the past behavior, but it gives him an opportunity as a person to live the rest of his life without all of that hate and without all of that ignorance fueling that hate. And that's the thing that I think, I mean, like it takes so much energy to hate somebody. Yeah. Way too much. And to devote yourself to that. I, I mean, like this pandemic is exhausting. I can't imagine trying to be racist on top of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and yeah, I just, yeah, you're, you're right, bro. I mean, I hate, uh, like I, I got a point where I was hating Donald, but like, I don't hate him anymore. I just like, yeah. I actually feel sorry for the dude. I've moved um, past it. You know, like yeah. I, I don't, I'm not going to focus on that because ultimately like what, what good does it do for me to feel that way? Right. Like, right. does it change who he is? Does it change his behavior? No. All it does is make me miserable. So yeah. I'm going to do what I can and I'm going to, you know, educate myself and continue to do this podcast so that hopefully we have the opportunity to share our voice and our opinions with other people and, whether it's that they become educated or they help to t in turn, you know, educate us more. Like yeah. I just, I, I want to keep, I want to keep growing as a person because I know, I mean, if you stop growing, then what's the point in going forward? And you die. There's a, Oh, you got to make a bumper for a jab. I'm going to take a jab. Robert Smith. Oh yeah. Yo, I told you he was double dipping, yo. Yeah, well, it turns out he was like double, double dipping. <laughs> He's like, all right, so first off, I'm going to take this money that I earned here in the States, and I'm going to stick it in this offshore account. And then I'm going to use that money to do charitable work, and then I'm going to write 
that charitable work off on my taxes. So not only did I not pay taxes on it when I made it, I'm not going to pay taxes on it and I'm going to use it as a tax write-off. So like I triple dipped that mother. Oh, he did triple dip. Yeah. Ooh, that's. I was super skeptical about homie. I was like, "Mm, I'm not putting him up on a, on a pedestal like that guys. Like, and I, I appreciate what he did. I hope that those checks don't bounce for the people he says he's going to pay their tuition for. Yeah, I hope it's not like a, a Scott's Tots, uh, Michael yeah. Scott. <laughs> so that's my first job. The second job is a My Pillow guy. Oh, oh. I watched the uh, was it Anderson? Anderson Cooper? I watched that joint live, man. I was so like. Anderson was just like, no, dude, fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you and the horse you rode in on. You think I'm going to let you sit here and spew this fucking ignorance? Show me. Show me the studies. We looked at, there's no studies. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is not the same convalescent plasma shit that the EPA just approved, right? This is a completely different treatment that the, my CEO, or is it the same? Actually, I think you might, I think they may be the same. They're probably... Actually, you're right. I don't even care if it is because from what I've heard about the convalescent plasma, as much as I would love, I want to be clear. I am not one of those people who wants the coronavirus to last through the election just so that Donald Trump doesn't win re-election. I would love nothing more than an instant cure right now that, like, I don't want that. I'm not invested in that, if that makes sense, right? Like, I'm not rooting for this thing to go on. I wish that convalescent plasma was the miracle cure that is being, being touted as. The evidence does not support that in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, and I'm not a scientist, nor have I played one on TV, but the math doesn't add up. It's like, my dude, you're 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 silly for that. Now, you are know? you a mathematician, or have you played one of those on TV? I, I am not. <laughs> <laughs> what I about a data? Uh, uh, what a, a data analyst? Yeah, data. I I was a data analyst, and I actually got a paycheck for that but so i do understand math um i will tell you a dirty secret like most of the math i've ever done in business was never beyond like seventh or eighth grade so um i don't have to be very smart uh but yeah dude the my pillow guy i was watching the rnc last night i kept telling my wife they gotta stop bringing it's they keep bringing god into stuff like rappers bring god when they get a, a a grammy it's like, you know, God has nothing to do with you talking about Papa Molly and, and like, you know, smashing all the time. That's not a thing. Yeah. Like you got to stop bringing God into that. It do you think that God is voting in the American election? Like, is that what these people think? That he went and wrote Trump's name on a bunch of ballots and stuffed them into the, the necessary locations? Or that he like, that he, he told people, you have to vote for Trump. He is the chosen one. I, 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 sorry. I, I get your joke. It's funny. And I had a, almost had a joke return for that, but I was like, that's not where I'm at with that. I, <laughs> I think, uh, I do go back to the, the choice of free will. I think that we sometimes we, you know, we get what we ask for. And, and that's, and I think that's hard for, uh, I hate the term evangelicals. Um, I don't think it's representative of, of Christians as a whole, but it's just stupidity. It's ignorance. And, you know, if you're black, you're listening to this, or you're Hispanic and listen to this, 
the word ignorance is not a bad word. And I know it's super insulting for our communities, but, um, and I learned this and I reacted to it, uh, when we were working at E area. And then I actually had to stop and think about the definition of the word. <laughs> it is ignorance. Um, it's, This guy is, I mean, we as people, and I say we collectively, we put this guy in office. Yes, the Bible does say God does allow people to be in power. But he also, if you want to get super technical and theological about it, like when the the Jews were freed from Egypt, they felt the need and passion to have a king or a leader. And so that's when God put in place judges and, and then later on kings. So... Um, that's just like a human frailty. Like we have this desire to follow people. It doesn't necessarily mean they're right. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, uh, uh, you know, and that's like, that's like the snippet of the theological point of that. But I mean, sure. Yeah, that's true. God allowed this guy to be in, like in office. Like, yeah, got it. I mean, but is he the right person? Yeah. That's a hard question to ask yourself. And then you have to ask yourself, like, I, I don't know, man. I, I just, I'm super pissed at, like, American Christians. I mean, I think, not to, to drag it out too long, but I think just it reminds me very much of the argument around masks, right? And I know that it, there's not, it's not a direct correlation, but I think, especially on the evangelical side, there's probably more uh, overlap in those two groups where it's like, you know, well, God won't let me get sick. God will protect me. God's giving you masks. God's giving you hand sanitizer. God is giving you people in the FDA and these other positions whose job, like God gave us scientists, right? Like if that's your argument, he's, I mean, but I've seen like the freaking, they're not going to hear that, bro. No, I know they're not, but I mean, that's, but that's what I'm saying is like, at what point are you missing the fact that he gave you all these opportunities? He pointed to all of these signs and said, here's the answer. And you ignored him. And then you get to freaking heaven. You're like, well, what the hell? (laughs) (laughs) So here's the part that like, uh, I actually had a, this, all right. I don't want to go to, I got to say this for another time, maybe an article, but I had a conversation with another family member about like, um, COVID-19 and as a, and some things that went to the Bible. And I said, you know, you can say that all day, but God also asks us to have wisdom. So if King Solomon, and this is where we got to stop doing selective, you know, um, appreciation of the Bible, where let's grab it from the Old Testament because that gives me what I want. Nope, let's look at it holistically. If King Solomon was the wisest man on earth, and when he was offered to ask God for whatever he wanted, he asked for wisdom. What does science support? It supports wisdom. So, like, if you're, and I don't like the term, if you're a freaking Christian, and you're going to try to use the Bible as your defense in this, you're going to try to litigate this case with the Bible. You better know what you're talking about. Wisdom is not a bad thing. Wisdom actually supports science. Science supports wisdom. And if God, if you're saying, well, God's going to provide a way, and you're right. Well, wisdom says protect yourself. Wisdom says social distance. Wisdom says wash your hands. Wisdom says all these other like basic things. Like, uh, you're, 
I'm going to do a Chris. Bruce Almighty. Yeah. The ending of that movie was like super dope. Where he basically, you know, uh, Morgan Freeman's like, you had it all right here. Right? And you probably know it word for word. I don't. It's been so long since I've seen that particular movie, but I remember the scene. Yeah. That literally stands out in my mind. Because when you, when I look at the uh, when I look at a lot of the miracles in the Bible, and I, I don't want to, I'm gonna. Well, actually, I'm gonna do it. When I look at a lot of the miracles in the Bible, the, the feeding of the five thousand, uh, a lot of the prophets, you know, uh, for the widow that was, you know, she met a prophet and she had no food to, to feed her son. When you look at uh, just a vast majority of those you know, those miracles that people quote unquote believe in God didn't just miraculously build, you know, pull something out of the sky. He said, what do you have? I have a jar. Okay. Take this jar, put it in the windowsill and fill it with oil. And when you and keep filling it until it runs out and then she sends her son to go get more oil, you know, the feeding, what do you have? Well, I've got, you know, this, these loaves of bread and this fish. Okay. Pass them around and, until everybody was fed. The question is always, what do you have? And let me provide a blessing through that. It wasn't God just saying, well, let me just create all that I could, but let me just create something. I think that there's sometimes we have to step and ask ourselves wisely, what do we have that God can work through? So that's how I get, I, again, my beef is with Christians. It's like, guys, like we're reading the same words. How's your comprehension level? And do you believe what you say you believe? And that's where it gets super simplistic. That's where I can always, I'm not an apologist for atheists or people that don't believe in God, but I understand why they don't because Christians universally have made, American Christians universally have made it difficult to believe in this miraculous, you know, this, this awesome God. And it's like, it's a power play. So whenever I'm not afraid to like, I'm never afraid to have that conversation because I'm all, I'm all about dispelling the, the, the hypocrisy and the, the, the stupidity in some of these arguments, but you can't litigate your case with the Bible without knowing the Bible is, is my point. Yeah. And I never played a pastor on TV, <laughs> <laughs> but you probably could. <laughs> But I do, I do believe in God, and I but I also believe that like if we look at, it, all right, this is the last thing because I, I could talk about this for hours. If we were to look at the the Jesus in the Bible, the Jesus in the Bible disrupted every system in that day, and we try to make the Jesus in the Bible into a prepackaged genie that goes along with the system. And if you look at all the actions of Jesus in the New Testament, it would be the exact opposite of what we're trying to say he believed, you know, who he was. And then you wonder why people don't believe in God. You wonder why it's such an argument. And it shouldn't be an argument. Yeah. I, I'm sure there are probably thousands of issues that we throw on the plate every day. And if Jesus was here right now, I'd be like, yeah, I totally don't agree with that. <laughs> and it'd be a done case. So, I, I'm I'm not an apologist, I, but I am a believer, and it's like 
let's let's speak truth. We can't say we're going to speak truth to power, but it's filled with lies. And that's where, you know, Christians have got to like step up and have honest conversations. And that's where I get, I personally get frustrated. I get frustrated trying not to, to defend my faith, but to have a real conversation about the faith I, I have and I believe in wholeheartedly. I'm not going to defend it to anybody. It's like, I, I can't, if you're going to take those facts of history and current day issues, I can't defend that because it's wrong. But I can speak truth to what you're presenting to me in that instance, if that makes sense. And again, I never played a pastor on TV, but I do believe and I do read and study my Bible. <laughs> so anyway, we're glad that you guys hung in there with us. Um, Chris is doing a great job of getting caught up on all the, all the episodes. I don't know what you're going to hear. Episode 31. 32. 32. Well, so this is trying. 32. So I don't know. Yeah, you'll hear episode 30 sometime this week. You'll hear episode 31 sometime later this week. Eventually, yeah, I'll catch up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting there. I'm, 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 it's baby steps. Yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start timestamping everything I say, so I don't have to. <laughs> I don't have to. I know. That's what. That's what we need to add to the beginning of every episode. This is episode 32, recorded on. Insert yeah. timestamp here. But you can always catch up with this on ChrisAndAndrewShow.com. We're on all the. Uh, uh, streaming platforms for the most part i think we've added amazon yes amazon music uh which is supposedly managed by TuneIn. uh so we are on there now as well um itunes spotify pandora google music also youtube music um youtube itself soundcloud yeah i think that's it i think i got them all and we hang out on social media ish um ish because like I don't believe in it. <laughs> yeah, mostly it's just um, this is a new episode or a new trailer. Occasionally, I will see something. What you may notice on Twitter is I like to have conversations with our Twitter account and my personal account. So, <laughs> like I'll I'll tweet out an art or, or an episode, and then I'll retweet it with a comment, and then I will reply or retweet that with a comment from our other one saying like, "Oh, thanks so much for sharing," and they'll be like, "You're welcome. You're the best." and because I get bored sometimes and I like to make it look like we have more fans than we do. But everybody knows that it's me, so it's really just a big joke. Okay. Well, yeah, I don't do that. I, <laughs> like my stand-up bit at the end of every episode. Yeah, I think those are funny. Oh, good. <laughs> but we're super glad that you guys are hanging in, hanging in with us. And we really do appreciate everybody that listens to us every week. Um, we may not publish on time, but you're going to get a new episode every week. Uh, <laughs> that was right funny in that. my head. No, no it was I, great. That was good. I should have laughed to make it make it make you feel more comfortable, but okay. Jab. You gotta make a jab <laughs> oh, sound. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Um gosh. Anyway, we're we're super glad. We thank you guys for listening to us. Visit us at chrisandandreshow.com. Leave us a comment. If there's anything you'd like to hear, talk about, get our, our thoughts or feedback on, we'd love to hear about it. Uh check out the things that we write. Chris has got a pretty good series on how we put the Chris and Andre show together. I've read it, still don't understand it, but that's not my wheelhouse. As always, I'm Andre. And I'm Chris. And we'll talk to you soon.
<clears throat> Why did the hotel manager hire a frog? Because he made the perfect bellhop. 